Welcome to another episode of the Learn Recruiter Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Clementson, and if you're a recruiter out on your own or just lacking general guidance or mentorship, then you've come to the right place. Our daily episodes are designed to give you the motivation, advice, and strategies you need to succeed as a loan recruiter. So join us, grab a cup of coffee, and let's take your desk to another level. Today, we are joined by Freddie from Talent Supply. Um, she's going to help us on our quest to interview 100 recruiters, the same five questions, and uh, about what makes her successful as a recruiter. I'm really interested to find out her answers. Freddie, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. All That's right. No, you're we're welcome. Let, let's kick it off. 60 seconds. Tell me what you want to tell me. Where do you start? How'd you get here? So, well, as you can probably pick up from my accent, I'm not originally from Australia. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm Italian. I've been in, uh, in Australia, this beautiful country, for 10 years. Um, started off in recruitment six, seven years ago. I used to work for a large organization for a few years. Which, which one? was uh, Randstad. Oh, the, the big one. Really, yes, the big <laughs> one. Really good organization and trained me really well. Um, so all, all the basics and stuff. And then I left Randstad. I joined another boutique um, agency where, again, I learned a fair bit. And then I got to a point where I'm like, I can actually do this for myself. Why not? And so, yeah, here I am. Been two years in business, um, opened up my own business, Talent Supply. Mm-hmm. Doing well. Wonderful, wonderful. It sounds like it. Hiring staff, yes. kicking goals. Kicking goals. I love yes. it, I love it. So it would be safe to say you know a little bit about recruitment? A little bit, yeah, <laughs> <I'd> say so. <laughs> so look, you know what we're here to do. We have five questions we, we want to ask. Uh, and as I said before, 100 recruiters, the same five questions, and every answer we've had so far has been different, which yeah. I love. So I'm really, really excited to hear what you have to say. So um, let's kick things off. Number one, what is the one KPI that matters the most to your desk? So to me, I think the KPI that matters the most will be a client experience. Okay. Client experience, and when I say that, I mean, we are obviously in the service business mm-hmm. and it is extremely important that all my clients are having a, an excellent experience. Um, with you? With me, with okay. my services, with what I do. It can be anything from communication, um, candidates that I give, it can be anything. Um, and I think like in the last couple of months, I've actually implemented this, um, put together a sort of a survey to, okay. to stand after each placement. Um, to each client and to see what they liked, what they didn't, where we can improve. Um, okay. I think it's really important for what we what mm. we do to make sure that whoever deals with us has a really good experience mm. um, and hopefully they can recommend us, we can get referrals through that. Yeah, wonderful. Well, we have a your, ab- business too with that. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I mean, we literally just had, as you walked into the door, this drama on the deal where, what was it, a 90, 90K placement that the candidate got punted before they paid the invoice? And, and, and our lovely consultant, John, um, saved the day and the client said, no, no, no we, we, we're going to honour that and, and we're going to pay the invoice. And, you know, we were absolutely, you know, um, stoked with that. And I would not think that would have happened if they didn't like him. You know that's I mean? right. That's right. And even, you know, like we have replacement terms and everything, but I think that sometimes you also need to bend a little bit and mm. make sure there's, there's a lot of agencies, particularly bigger, bigger agencies, when you fall outside your standard terms, they just turn around and say, well, tough luck. Mm. Uh, whereas what, you know, as a smaller businesses, we really mm. want to make sure that we care and we, we look after our clients really well. Absolutely. I remember the first time um, Pete joined us, I'm talking 10 years ago, and he was still quite young. And he said, I said, oh, day one, we've got to meet this client. He goes, I know nothing about valuations, which was the sector we're recruiting. And I said, dude, it doesn't matter. And he goes, uh, okay. And I, and I said, 
think of him, think of this guy as you're sitting across from him at the pub and your goal is to just have fun and like him. He's like, okay. And we came from a gnarly, like, you must get business, you know, yeah. recruitment agency, like, you must get specs, you must get commitment. And it's like, he was just like, oh, okay. And from that point on, he's just taken that through everything he does. So totally agree with what you're saying. Hadn't even thought of it as a KPI or a metric because it was just something you can measure that. Yeah, you can measure it. I love that. And and so this this survey was this something you put together, or is this a, a, something you've outsourced? I put it together. Okay. So I work like when I work with clients, I ask how they measure their own performance. And mm-hmm. one particular was like we send surveys out of uh, particularly after each hire that they do in mm-hmm. terms of machines and stuff. And I'm like, that's a really good idea. I should probably do it myself. You don't hear that much in recruitment, but again. Um, even like a five, six questions, like how did we do, how was the communication, mm. like what can we do better, you will find that when they write it down, they're really honest in their answers and sometimes sometimes you tend to avoid that feedback, you're like, oh, if they didn't say anything, I'm just stopped, you know, exactly, I'm not just going to poke the bear, but it's extremely important, yeah. so you get that feedback on board and you hopefully you, you do better next time. I love it. I think so. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay. Number two, your top three interview questions. You got a limited amount of time, you've got three questions you've got to ask just to get what you need to get out of it. What are they? Okay, so I think my first one will be, um, what is your biggest achievement? Or what is the thing that you're most proud of, career-wise? I can read a CV, there's a lot of things and stuff, but asking that question, the candidate actually thinks about their career overall, and mm. they tell you what's, you know, what made them stand out, what mm. was their biggest achievement. And it, again, it depends on the response, they can work out quite a lot about their career trajectory. Mm. Like if they say, oh, my biggest achievement was in 1986 when I won an award, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. living in the past. Okay. You know, yep, yeah, yep. exactly. But uh, it can be anything from, I won a particular contract, I saved the company a certain amount of money, like it can be mm. whatever, depending on, on their, particular job but it pushes them to think okay what am I good at what Mm. what have I done in my career that I'm proud of and it's typically something they're passionate about that's right which then is like okay well if you find more of that maybe you'll be really excited to join this new job that's right yeah okay I like it yeah I like it so that's question one yes that's question one question two once again um, it's something that I that I learned um, doing a panel interview with a client. So I was there with a client interviewing a candidate that I presented, mm-hmm. and they've asked um, the candidate, "What did you learn in your last um, in your last job? Um, as in, was was a, a thing in particular that you learned, and what like how did it make you a different person?" In a way, like with that, that question, you're asking them about their learning curve, if there was a certain mistake that they made, and what did they learn out of it? And, and again, it pushes people to think, have I learned anything in my last position? Have I made myself better? Like how, mm. sort of like, is there been any, you know, improvement curve in my career and that? Mm, I like it. Quite like it. I like it. It's like a, it's like a self-reflection. It's like self-reflection mm. and you're thinking, and if you haven't learned anything, it's also, you know, a wake-up call. I'm like, all right, I've been in a job for, you know, three years. <laughs> haven't learned I haven't anything. learned anything. <laughs> haven't, done, haven't made a mistake. Haven't learned from it. So, mm. it's a, yeah, it tells me okay. a lot. Fantastic. Third one? Third one is a question that I ask. Obviously, I need to know at what stage of the process they are. So I want to know, are you live? Are you active? Are you ready to move? Like mm. If I present you with an opportunity and I get you an interview, are you actually going to be there? Mm. Are you motivated to move? So 
it is understanding at what stage of the process they are. Are they ready to move? Mm. Flirting with the idea? Like, yeah. sometimes you talk to a lot of people and they, they're not quite ready. They're still... There's nothing worse just, than when you, when you head on someone, <laughs> you know your client's Waste like, I need, I need this person now, I'll hire them today. And, and then the right. camera's like, well, well, you time. know, yeah, exactly. So yeah. I, I, I just need to understand: Are you committed to leave? Mm. If you are, then let's. And then let's I guess I guess the subset to that is like, what is the push factor or pull factor? The of of, of you leaving, like yeah, exactly. what's what's pushing why you to leave? You, yeah, why are you looking yeah. to leave? Exactly, because if they're looking, there's the obviously that's something you want to investigate too. The yes. reasons why they want yes, to yes. leave, and like you can feel when someone's Money. ready. Oh, okay. Uh, so when oh, they counter off you, yeah, oh, I'll take it. Exactly. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> That's right. I like it. I like it. Okay, cool. So we're, we're, we're two out of the five questions through. This one's a great one. Your favorite, so, so number three, your favorite closing question, if you have one. I do. Okay. I do. So my favorite closing question is, uh, what are your reservations? And it works for both candidate and client. Mm -hmm. So if I present somebody and goes an interview, yeah, everything went well and stuff. Okay, what are your reservations? Assuming that there are reservations mm. makes people open up and like, oh yeah, you know, um, I location or oh, I'm not sure if I can make budget and you know within that time frame. Okay, there's mm. a reservation there. Let me go back to client and say those are the reservations. Can we cover them up? Mm. Same with clients. I'm like, yeah, 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 interview very well. Okay. What are your reservations on them? Mm. And say, oh, I don't know if they can quite grasp this aspect or that. Then you go back and you collar off on that. So you're forcing them, so you're forcing them to tell you what they're actually taking yeah, the decision I'm assuming on. that there is. Yeah. There is a reservation. Surely mm. there is. So what, what, yeah, what reservation is that? Because then you will also understand the magnitude of the reservation itself, you know? If there's a they're just terrible at the job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's All a big right, one. Okay. I like yeah. the guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like it. Yeah. I like it. And I use them for both at different mm. stage of the process and you'll see if they change or not. But Do you ever empower your candidates or clients? If you, you know sometimes there's an imbalance mm. in, in, in the process. You go, okay, I know I know the client um, really wants this, but the candidate's a little bit meh. Um, would you empower your client at that final meeting to say, what are your reservations? Yes. 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 I, I love. I love taking what we do and giving it to and the accountants and clients. Yeah, it, it actually gets it done way quicker. It gets it done quicker. It's mm. more transparent, and at least you know where you stand on mm. both on both sides. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I love it. Do you know I wrote these questions for myself? Really, I just wanted to brain drain every recruiter in town. Oh, really? <laughs> Get their tips and tricks. This is a good one. I use that I'll one. Into, yeah. Um, number four, our favorite one. How do you handle the dreaded counter offer? Oh, counter-offers. Mm. Oh. Look, again, um, it's a conversation that you need to have really early on. Mm. And it goes, you need to understand why they're motivated to leave. Well, it comes Once back to your again, questions, right? It comes back to my question because you can cover offers, uh, counter-offers at, at multiple stages, but the reality of the matter is if that happens, mm. like the, I, I can feel it if somebody's going to take it or not already at second meeting you know. and you know like if somebody tells me I want to leave and there's nothing that's going to that's gonna make me stay I hate my job I hate my boss that's something that even with more money or a different job within the company can't change mm -hmm. but I've done it the, the kind of a sort of conversation in a lot of stages and sometimes you drop in statistics and you're like oh you know you're going to leave anyway you know like all that stuff that you find on the internet sure but 
if um, their only motivation to leave is because they were overviewed for a promotion or money, mm. it's easier for a candidate to stay rather than to leave. Stay an extra six months, get that extra however much, and then you leave after. So in a way, understanding why they're moving is crucial. Mm. And then, yeah, I, I, like I said, I can, I know who's going to move 100% and who not. Mm. Um, and the reality of the matter is I lost the candidate not long ago, even mm. though we had all the conversation around counter offer and stuff. The employer came back, offered them a different job in the business, <clears throat> different job, different department, better pay, and the candidate was like, I just need to give it a go. And I'm like, well, mm. I mean, know? sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes sure. a counter offer happens. It like most of the time it happens, you go, and you've got all the arguments, and sometimes it happens, sometimes and you go, I can't, you know, sometimes you know that he's wrong. If you say, oh, they offer me another time, I'm like, that's not going to... I had one, I, I can think of so, two that stand out to me where it was like, we had a guy, he was working for a construction company. We were getting him a job in the consultancy. It was a very exciting job. He got an amazing offer. He was stoked. The reason he was leaving was because, you know, there was no funding for what he did. He was like, it's me, the team's shrinking, and they're not replacing them, and it's just more and more work for the yeah. same money. The counter offer was a... Pay bump of fifty grand, and a five hundred thousand dollar allowance a year to build the team how he wants. And because this was run through an ABN through this contractor, he was like, "I basically got half a million dollar check to build whatever I want to do. And if I can just do it myself, I get to keep it." And I was like, "Dude, take that." Like, I'm sorry, I'm going to miss out on a big fee here, but do okay. you need to I take mean, that? That's right. Yeah. At some point, you know, do what's good for you. Man. Yeah, that's exactly. So some of them you can't avoid. I, but look, yeah. I, so so if I take that, if I distill that down, how do you handle, handle a counter offer? Sounds like you got very the, early in the process. Very yeah. always early in the process. Always early in the process. Yeah. It always, it's looping back to your 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 interview questions, really. Yeah. You know what they're going to do. I think so. I think you become so. a little bit like Nostradamus after yeah, a while. Yeah, like, you can this, just tell. This one. This yes. one's going to get me, I can tell. Yes. Um, the worst is when they, you have a really good communication throughout the process and then offers and then the communication starts slowing down. And you're like, yeah. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? Come on. I know it's happening. It's coming. <laughs> yes. um, okay, cool. Last one. And I think I like this question because... Most people would view recruiters as upbeat, positive, A-type, energetic people. But the reality is, like, we have to deal with the highs and lows of recruitment day in, day out. Yeah. I've had three heart attacks this morning. It's 11.49. <laughs> and I'm still upbeat. So my last question, yes. which I love to ask is, how do you pull yourself out of a slump? Yeah. Do you have a go-to playbook? Yeah, look, it, it does happen. Like you said, it's recruitment, right? You're dealing with people. You can do everything right, and things can be out of your control. So that that is, and that when it happens, um, I think it's good to think about what you really enjoy doing. Like usually, when I'm in that state of mind, it's no point in me just like dwelling on it and just staying at my desk. I'll just stop what I'm doing, get my dog, go for a walk, get a bit of, like a walk in nature, getting a bit of fresh air and stuff. Um, and also think that during the years, probably because of my recruitment career, I've adopted a bit of a, like a stoic approach, as in there's things that I can't change. So mm. no point in just, you know, just thinking about it and, and that's it. What happens, I can't change it. And so I need to get back in a state of mind where I'm thinking tomorrow's another day and mm. I've got complete control over mm. what's going to happen tomorrow. With, so you're basically saying, <clears throat> so when I, you know, a slump implies there's highs and lows, right? Mm. And I know I have noticed over the years that my highs, my high highs and my low lows, both ends have come. It's just more just 
cruise control now. It's like, ah, oh, these things happen. Oh, yeah. cool. I made a deal. Great. But I'm not going to get too excited about it. I'm not going to lose my shit. Um, and, 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 and the same, and, and the same with the slums, right? Like, that's so, so true. So have you noticed that too? I've noticed that. Yeah. And I remember at the beginning, you know, a counteroffer or something that was, or even a bad comment or a bad feedback, it would have impacted me so bad. I would like thinking about it. And whereas now, like I'm really starting to think, okay, you know, yeah. these sort of things are happening and mm. it what well, is making us grow as a professionally, personally and whatever. So it's just a matter of taking a step back and thinking tomorrow's going to be another day and yeah. it's going to be better. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, look, thank you, Freddie. Thank Freddie, you for the one and only Freddie. Cher, Madonna, <laughs> Sia, <then>. Freddie. <laughs> um, that's all we have time for you today. Um, join our mailing list to receive this week's episode material. Hello at thelearnrecruiter.com. And, and please, if you've got any value out of today's episode, subscribe, follow us on LinkedIn, follow Freddie on LinkedIn, share and recommend this podcast. It really does help us grow and get us out to a wider audience. Have an amazing day. And as always, may all your deals come true. <laughs>